I'm Claire Hooper and welcome to I'm the Worst, where good people confess to bad things. And this one really nails the brief. Sammy J is a comedian, radio presenter, musician and frequent collaborator with Randy the Purple Puppet. We recorded our chat in Sammy's Lounge on the lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung. Pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to traditional owners of country around Australia. This episode contains one F word, which we get out of the way early, and one barking dog, which we also get out of the way early. I'm going to read out the text you sent me, Shifley. Little, a little yelp from your doggo at the door. He doesn't like you being in my house. He's I don't suspicious. think that's true because he's been actually extremely friendly to me. He just doesn't like that he's not allowed in the room with us. Yeah, that's true. Well, we didn't like that he was muttering and... He was a very noisy dog. How old is he? 14. Oh. He's now budding at... Okay. He's genuinely Do you know what? Should we just banging at Stop the recording. I want to sort this out. start this again well you you uh can tell how professional a radio broadcaster you are because you know how to forward tease you sent me was this yesterday um because regarding this podcast Mm -hmm. and finding a story Mm -hmm. to confess to me because i am a morally pure specimen i'm having trouble finding something worthy but I've got 20 hours to remember something or fuck some shit up. This what you sent to me. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, this guy knows how. And because I'm a radio presenter, I had literally forgotten sending you that message until you just read it to me. Yeah, Because my sure brain is addled. A, did you send me that from the flotation tank? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> that, is a, that sounds like a joke about radio presenters going in flotation tanks. No. That is a genuine reference to your first ever... Correct, and I also need to fact check this and make sure, make it clear that I don't have a flotation tank, nor do I do it regularly. It was a gift from uh, Jules, who I've been on tour with, and she saw that my weary bones were so um, broken by the two months of touring that she bought me the beautiful gift of a one-hour flotation session. Shout out to Jules, but did you? Does that mean Jules is a regular flotation tank? Yes. Yeah, because it would be a bold <laughs> present if it wasn't something. No, and she even sent me a lovely text with like tips of, on what to do, and uh, she told me which booth to book, which was better uh, to book. It was like further away from the road and the sound of the trams. Oh, that's really smart. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, it had never occurred to me you could hear the trams. Well, you from can't. The tank. You can't once you close the clamshell lid and put your earplugs in. It was. Sensory deprivation on a scale I've never experienced. Well, I certainly hope you used that time to think of something great to tell me today. <laughs> no, I remembered I remembered a thing. Did you? Yep. Okay, this is great. When does it take place? Uh, it takes place in 2007. Okay, I'm doing the maths. On that, you'd, you'd already started comedy in 2007. Was mm-hmm. that your... F- that it was my second year of doing like proper solo shows at the comedy festival. Yeah, and you are so much more than a comedian, as we have discussed. I mean, comedy is at the heart of everything you do. So you're you're um, doing ABC Victoria at the moment. Um, oh, no, sorry, ABC Melbourne, and you have toured a 
recently toured a show which is essentially character sketches, but mm. it's all basically it's all comedy. Well, well to, to an extent, you know. But I mean, I because I do songs or poems and things, I can get away with um, periods of time where people aren't laughing, and I can justify that as art. I think you're really underselling yourself. Great, okay. <laughs> no, but there's a there's a theatrical bit oh, to it. Oh, do you think stand-up comedians don't? <laughs> Don't spend minutes of their set time getting no laughs. Mm-mm, true. I, I think know. this is something I need to remind myself yeah. regularly. Yeah, we've, we're all guilty of a long setup every now and then. I have been in character for the whole tour and now I'm not. And not just that though, I feel thoroughly unmasked for the story I'm about to tell you. What do you mean by that? You do, like you're, you're feeling vulnerability in advance. Mm-hmm. Really? I don't think I've ever, ever told anyone this. Really? No, not since it happened. Because I th- kept thinking of things to tell you. I was like, oh, sure, but I've probably like I've done that before. I tell that story all the time. But this is one I was like, oh no, it's a proper bad thing, not like a not a cute bad thing. Oh no! I'll let you be the judge. Oh my gosh! I just bought you lunch. It'll be too late to take <laughs> it back when I find out I don't really like you. Well, I don't know. I think it's a story of growth. Okay, so second year of comedy. What? Fit f- four I mean, years of yeah, like okay. doing it on the scene. Yeah, but you're you're a you're a fresh professional is where you're at in <laughs> yeah. two thousand and seven. True, I'd I'd had it you know enough. Um, I hadn't started properly working with Randy at all yet. I wasn't part of a wildly successful yeah, the per- man the puppet duo. Puppet. Yeah, that's gosh, that was a successful yeah. duo. Mm. We got plans. He was a good. I know. That past tense. I know. Shit. I know. I know. I know. I know. You are still really good mates, despite We're living on different continents. Better friends now than when we were performing regularly. We talk most days, which is lovely. Do you? Yeah. Or you know, I'm counting texting as talking. Oh yeah, that's May talking. I? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Okay, can't wait. Can't wait for the next Randy. Yes. Collab. <laughs> So you haven't even met Randy yet. You're still performing. Look, are we still in juice, juice box phase? Very okay. Peak. Sammy J would always have a small juice box with a straw. It was what? It was it's like so much in my career hoops. I can't explain it. There's no reason. It, <laughs> there was the, the story I tell, and the, the vague truth is like 2003 when I that was my first year actually doing it. Going to the comics lounge in North Melbourne with my um, keyboard that I would physically drag up the the stairs and stand up on stage in a really badly ill-fitting suit and they all had all the comics had beers there There was always beer on stage and so i thought it'd be funny i had a juice box at one point and just bought it with me no thought no thinking no like marketing in mind just it was just being a dick i was being an idiot and then it just it stayed there and then i started sticking my set list on it so it served a functional purpose and it just carried on and then people but, I mean, yeah. you've got a giant one metre long keyboard to stick your set list on, but you choose, <laughs> you choose the 10 by 15 juice box instead. Cool. Yeah, yeah great. And then, a lot of my early, my first gigs were just me telling purposely bad jokes and then sipping on the juice box <laughs> sort of in a coquettish fashion. It actually is. It is some good shtick. Yeah. And um, and it makes perfect sense when you're like, yeah, it was your answer to the blokey beer. It was. It was, yeah, it was, it was a pushback to that. And I think that makes it sort of sound more satirical or pointed than it was but that so that anyway 2007 the juice box had probably reached its zenith I was all I I was demanding multiple boxes backstage I had to have one on on, and I'd started it was my first or second year doing the comedy festival roadshow which you and I both spent time on we had some time down the sinkholes I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if 2007 we did do some roadshow touring it would have been around then Yeah. yeah the sinkholes of Gambia yeah yeah that's it yeah 
2008 old fact check you there. I remember that. Oh, really? Yeah. Aren't you good? Mm -hmm. That's my one thing. I do dates well. Do you? Yeah, really well. Okay. But. I wish I did them better. Okay, cool. We'll move on. What do you remember of me on Roadshow? 2008 Sinkhole Gambia Roadshow Sammy J. Anything else? Um, I remember, uh, okay, all right, this is good. I remember you were a very reliable at the motel in the morning when it was time to meet at the van. <laughs> yep. Very reliable. I remember you were a generous, smiling presence. You know, like, oh, yeah, you no, were that's absolutely nice to, yeah. a positive energy. Okay. You would, you know, you would listen when people were telling their stories and, and follow up on their stories. Like, you know, like you were, there, there are a lot of people who aren't, good at humour and interaction on Roadshow. You know, there can be people that are very um, all about themselves oh. and that's fine <laughs> and that's their way of processing the fact that they're on a long tour with others. Yeah, and it can be a very competitive environment as well for that yeah. reason, particularly with young comics. And I remember... <gasps> I, oh, I remember what I remember now. What? I mean, this is what I remember from Roadshow. Yeah. Sure, is this what you were hinting at? What? I remember being in the touring van and it was a very long drive and oh. I don't know at what, what point <laughs> it happened, but you were in the back seat. Yeah. And we turned around and you were completely <laughs> naked and you'd silently undressed yeah. and waited patiently for somebody. Like at hours, hours we'd been on the road. How long? How long had you I think been? it'd be like two or three hours I was it naked hadn't. in the back seat. It hadn't. Well, okay. Yeah, no, I'm probably Surely just exaggerating. Kind of Maybe half an hour, but like a good amount, more time than is... You know, appropriate to be sitting there just waiting for someone because we're like driving no down point. the dusty plains of Mount Gambia. <laughs> I remember. See, I don't remember it being dusty. But I remember it being, um, you know, a bit like a, a bit green paddocky. Yeah, That's yeah. That's kind Could, of. I think I remember Claire Hammond, our wonderful tour manager, sort of saying, "Sammy's nude again." At some point, that was it's a phrase that came out. <laughs> So that wasn't, no, I asked you that, not for that. I hadn't forgotten you, that, but that was um, a genuine impression from a friend because you and I became mates on that road show. I yeah. remember that was like when we properly spent time together. So we wind the clock back now to 2007, maybe 2006. If I'm going to fact check you, I need to fact check myself. But Roadshow was a big thing to be offered. And for me, it had taken a couple of years to sort of be in the mix and be in the zone. Well, and then 2006, I was, you won Best Newcomer? Well, yeah. Um, and They'd be mad not to bring you on tour. Well, and that was when I first got it. But two years earlier, I'd been in the comedy zone, as had you, and I hadn't had enough. You know, like it's, right. it's the ups and downs of the early, particularly early years. Every, every win is a huge ego boost and every slight is a massive crash and burn, you know, um, every lost opportunity perceived. And, and, um, and the opportunities come by annually, so you've got a long wait. Yep. You know, if, yep. you, if you try out for the comedy zone and you miss comedy zone, you've got to wait another year to be in the running. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and roadshow is similar. You know, like you get offered roadshow or you wait for next year. That's it. So I was finally offered and not just offered, I was offered like an eight-week slab because I think... <gasps> That's like, extraordinary. Well, exciting way to see the country and it was, you know, nice that they saw that I could fill that role of, of one of the new faces on, on the road. And But ill-equipped, I contend socially or professionally to handle that in a mature way and I look back and think what we were just talking about the competitive nature I was so keen to make an impression and so keen to be the funny guy but I was my my approach to that was to be the prankster which is what I'd always been in life at high school and to do silly things for example uh 2006 I had a habit of changing my name in people's phones to someone else's name. <laughs> <laughs> and so okay. uh, Fleety and, and um, 
uh, Greg Fleet and Harley Breen uh, were both on the tour. And one night I recall, <laughs> and uh, bear in mind, you got to remember, no one knew me very well. Like I was a bit of a dark, I, I, I sort of just emerged from the shadows of the comics lounge and was suddenly sort of doing, I, I knew them well enough, but there was enough distance where I could still surprise people. And so I, I, this is not the story, by the way. This is the preamble to the story. No, this is good. So preamble strap away, in. mate. Oh my gosh. So I changed my name in, uh, in Harley Breen's phone. Remember what? Remember the good old days when you could access other people's yeah, phones? There was no, it was like Nokia's. This was pre-iPhone. So it was just you pick it up and you, you just, just... open it up and you do what you like. Yeah, yeah. I changed my name in Harley Breen's phone to Greg Fleet. Yep. And I deleted Greg Fleet's number. Okay. And then I texted <laughs> Harley and said, let's get Sammy J stoned. <laughs> And so we're sitting around in a group. This is like 11.30 at night. Everyone's had some drinks. And I just this is like a pure, just for theatre sports, I just got to sit back and watch this emerge. I see Harley get a message. He thinks it's from Greg Fleet saying, let's get Sammy J Stone. He looks up at Greg Fleet and <laughs> smiles and goes, ah. And then Greg Fleet has had a few drinks. I remember he looked back at Harley, didn't know what he was smiling about, but he just like laughed back in return and like was just like, ah. And so I just, I, I just created this scene where... Uh, Two gentlemen were in cahoots. One of them didn't know what it was about and the other thought. <laughs> and that led from memory to some form of, of stonery happening. Um, but I'm explaining to you that I had a, a special source, if you will, of, of changing numbers in phones. Okay. Which brings me to my story. Uh, so that year or the year after, I can't remember, we were travelling with lots of comedians and I, I will leave names out from this point on. I think that's wise, and I really just, um, just I, I have to ask, and I should wait till the end. Mm-hmm. The person this story relates to mm-hmm. also doesn't know, still doesn't know. You're saying you've never told this story, so that means somebody no. involved doesn't know. No, no, the person involved does know. They may or may not remember. They probably, oh, they might have been talking about it for years. Okay, because, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, but, but all right. It was resolved in the in okay. the moment. Okay, I should have waited <laughs> to the end. <laughs> Anyway, and the story, I mean, I should have just stuck with that story because this one's not as good probably, but basically travelling with, you know, an older comedian who, as many comedians of all genders do, enjoy, you know, picking up on tour, you know, romance is alive and well in the arts. Ah. We can all agree with that, can't we? Okay, so you had a more, one of, one of the veterans. Oh, well, yeah, well, veteran's a strong word um, age-wise, you know, but someone who, we're on tour together and, you know, Fun was to be had all round. Got it. I wasn't having fun all round. I was in a sort of, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time was back home. And so, I, you know. Your I, girlfriend at the time has ended up being your wife Very much my wife, time. Hannah. Okay, yes. Yep. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yep. Um, in fact, well, gosh, depending on timing, perhaps it was a brief time where we were collectively single for six I know, months I of time. I it was a brief yeah, co- yeah. collective time. Sad little time. In fact, that probably goes straight to this because I think during that time I was really leaning into being a piece of shit, <laughs> like in terms of on the road, leaning into trying to be the wacky guy even further because I had nothing else going on for me in my life. But you bro- so you took a brief, brief yes. break yep. from the love of your life, yes. but instead of sowing your wild oats, yes. you just... Turned Just into a prankster. A, a a full prankster with myriad sort of ill effects. I mean, it seems a waste of the breakup because really you could have been a piece of shit whilst absolutely with her. Yeah, well, precisely. And so um, here we here we were with me on tour, feeling uh, sort of you know 
neurotic feeling like I wasn't very funny, you know, trying to fit in. And my way of fitting in was always to be the funny guy. And so this brings me to this phone situation where I changed my name in a phone to a random woman's name, made it, made it up. Like, let's say Caroline for the sake of discussion. Okay, yep. And then <laughs> sitting around late at night after drinks. No. Texted to say, hey, I heard you're in town. I was at the show. Want to catch up? Oh, <laughs> no. And I get a response. Oh, my gosh, this is catfishing before catfishing. I think as I say this out loud, I realise I fully catfished you someone. You catfished someone I on fully, a Nokia. On a, on, a, on a 3210. And then I told some others on the tour what was happening. No. And we then broadly enjoyed the spectacle of this person writing back to me and saying, oh, yeah, sure, be great to catch up. And the key thing I recall was the joy, my joy and satisfaction in the fact that I picked a random name and yet they had still gone with it like they knew them. So yeah, that's really <laughs> that was like, And so it carried on for, I can't remember whether it was like, two hours or 24 hours genuinely it wasn't and it wasn't like there was no sexting it was like probably five or six messages of making a time to catch up or something and then the time to catch up happened and who springs up but little old sammy J? no oh so you did it it was me <laughs> it was a largely it was me reveal oh your face your face is the appropriate response goodness and i Sammy J just wanted to fit in with the group. I was so just trying to fit in. The actual worst, the worst thing, possible the worst thing possible thing. To a, to and now you now, now in my defence, yeah. This podcast is about people doing bad things. No, absolutely. Unless I misjudge this, and this is actually a cooking podcast. Yeah, that's right. I, I tricked you. <laughs> Catfished. It was me. And um, the the justified anger. Yeah, that now that's on so it part. wasn't like jolly, was it? Oh no, I, I see. This is the thing. This is the this is why I wanted to tell the story because the older you get, the more perspective you have, and you look back and think, you know, we're all like embarrassed by things, but some things we're particularly ashamed of or embarrassed. And I think the response was incredibly compassionate when I could have slash should have actually been punched in the face. Like I, I would, had I been punched now, I'd be like, oh, that was, I didn't like being assaulted, but I. And no one deserves to be well, punched. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm picking, I'm picturing it because you, like that's mid 20s Sammy. Well, this is the thing. I was 20, 20 22, right? I want to say. You were, you were a skinny little baby thinking you'd played a clever trick. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, clever, pre- it was impressive. <laughs> yeah. It was but, good, like it was, but. But yeah, that, that would. But that was, that was like. Like if you were a person of the same age as the person you were pranking. Yeah. Maybe that would have been jolly, but it's not. Yeah, something oh, I about was, this. I was the little smartass, the yeah. little smartass punk kid on, okay. the, on, on the tour. And they were compassionate? Well, I say they were compassionate because they didn't, like, bash me up. You know, like, they were compassionate because they, they effectively, I think, were embarrassed and went, oh, okay, you got me, you know, and then sort of scuttled away. And then I remember seeing maybe a month or two later Interstate at a different festival saw them late at night and then they were properly angry like because i think i try to make a joke well i remember i got you and they're like no no and that was my moment of going oh wow that was not a good thing to do 
um, you did say I got eight weeks of touring offered to me. Yeah. Tell me this didn't happen at the start of eight weeks of touring I, with the person. Were they, the, just, they were just a drop-in? Uh, no, no, it was a little bit, of, little bit of everything. And the thing is we tell ourselves stories about ourselves. So honestly, I have no idea. I should follow this up, shouldn't I? You know, I have no idea whether that person would has, has told that story for, for 17 years and gone, Sammy J, what an absolute piece of shit. Yes. I know. Yeah. Or... Because oh, oh, Sammy J, he was a little smartass, but he's, he's a good guy. Like you know, we've seen yeah, other since we've gigged together. It's all good. Have they I, managed? Have they managed to sort of rewrite yeah. or reshape their impression of Absolutely. you? Absolutely. And is it worse in my head or better in my head than it was at the time? Because I wasn't like a psychopath. I wasn't cruel. I was still a nice person, so I think. And yet, this was clearly a cruel thing to do, for whatever the motivations or justifications or making clearly a cruel thing to do. Uh, at the same time, this was someone who who had a good life, good career, good choice of lovers, and so cracked on. I imagine pretty quickly, so it wasn't like I was picking on the school nerd the way I you was. Were picked on, you, know. you were well, not punching yeah, down. You were not punching down. Yeah, I wasn't right? punching down, but it was still clearly an act of cruelty. Yeah. Yeah. It it and is. It doesn't fit with because you are. I think of you as playful. Thank you. Maybe cheeky, but like cruel, no. So it is hard. But but, but I think when we're much younger, our edges are shut. I mean, it's like a dog bites you mm-hmm. and it hurts. When a puppy bites you, it breaks the skin because they don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's delightful. They don't know how to warn you. They just break the skin. Like that's a... And I... Well... I, I mean, actually, absolutely. I say that, and I did have a friend um, attacked by a dog in a park recently, and the dog did break the skin. But okay, I just, so, you know, yeah. like but when no, it comes a... to a warning, when it comes to play biting, a dog knows how to do it, and a puppy doesn't. And I think this we've talked about this a lot about, you know, I would never start comedy now as a, someone who is about to turn forty. I've got far too much. Uh, I like to think self-awareness. I've got far too much like general uh, shame and like <laughs> who would get on stage and make an idiot of themselves and try and make people laugh. Yeah, the without... only reason we do it is we've painted ourselves into a corner. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing what else, else would we do? So, so I think when I thought of that story, what struck me was what was going on there like in whatever weird... Like I would never have done that with my mates. You know, I had friends. I was friends, you know, and at the time I would, I would not have done that. So there was a... but. It was very specifically a comedy world, me trying to fit in, me sort of lashing out to find my place in a, in like a year eight way because it was the year eight of comedy. And so this is not to justify it in any way, but just to, no. to process it. And I think it was a parallel journey with what was happening on stage for me because on stage at the same time, I was doing stuff that was effectively cruel for want of a better word, like not pointedly cruel, but, you know, smart I see or racist or misogynist stuff that was faux irony all this sort of stuff this energy coming out of me which was if not a plea for help it was a plea to find where i could fit in and where i could do this and where i and and what was different about me in exactly the same way that i was doing on on that tour as i recall and in the same way that i think hopefully clearly as a person i've progressed to 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 now i love pranks but victimless pranks in the same way that i think professionally i've progressed now where I, i would the stuff that i do on stage all the stuff that I did then that I'd now be very embarrassed or ashamed of oh, I wouldn't no. do for very very clear reasons for, for very clear artistic values so I see that little I see them now as one and the same the same thing happening not two separate entities that what I was doing on stage at Roadshow was also what I was doing off stage at Roadshow and I'm not proud but gee it's a good yarn 
Uh, we're going to turn the mics off soon so I can be like, hey, what is it? Maybe I'll maybe I'll keep maybe I'll keep my integrity and not even tell you when you turn the mics really off. I'll say it. I'll say it was a a man between the ages of twenty and forty. Yeah, that'll do. Who's a lovely guy? Yeah. Um, do you think? I mean, this is. I don't want to get too. Um, uh, well, let's do it. I don't want to get too psychiatrist couch about it. But is there anything that the others around you could have done to diffuse this? like cruel prankster energy in you because like do you think that there could have been i mean an intervention i mean not even an intervention what is it that i'm hoping for i guess what i'm thinking is as somebody who will occasionally go on a road show with younger comedians yeah yeah is there actually a way of making people feel comfortable and welcome so that they're not desperately scrambling to be noticed it's a great question and in my case, everyone's different. So in my case, I don't know whether... Because I, I look back at some of these moments and think, oh, well, people were giving me clear signs or they might have said, hey, that's... <laughs> no, 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 hey, hey, stop doing that. So, I mean, yeah. But I would have been like, I would take that as a challenge because, because it was all about me. I was All I was cared about was me and what I was, you know, my little quest, you know, the, the, the very selfish mindset of either a performer or the youth or the horrific combination of both. And so I don't think... But equally, I also remember there were others laughing and effectively egging me on. So again, year eight schoolyard, like what, I'm not going to gravitate towards that. So there was probably some sort of mass. So again, that's not to, uh, everything I say, I'm like, I'm the piece of shit here. Just made that very clear. So this is no, I'm not trying to absolve myself of anything, but I am, as I say it out loud, remembering that I had an audience for this. Like this was. Yeah. Oh no, that's, I mean, there is, there is a little bit of a toxic comedy culture where, where, uh, where sometimes cruel banter is encouraged, not just cruel pranks, but people being really rude to each other is kind of part of the backstage culture. Hugely. And this was this, to flip that around, I would walk off stage on this tour and the one after and know that the whole room of the green room of comics had been talking not particularly positively about me while I was on stage. Me and your stupid little jukes. Yeah, my little stupid little And that's not paranoia. That's like objective. I remember like walking in on conversations because I was still the sort of outsider or that. And so that's that's the culture in which I was thrashing around like a little fish trying to find my little place. I mean, it is. A catfish. Yeah, you, yeah. Little catfish thrashing around in the shallow water. Can't believe I liked you. I know. You're a monster by association. You did say it was 2008. You're probably heaps better. No, no, genuinely. I, I think, like, I'm remembering those. There's a particularly couple of years there where I was doing this shit. And then by 2008, that was the first road trip I felt where I had I felt like, like you, me, Dave Callan. This, Dave Callan. Yeah. It, it actually was quite a comfortable sedate. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we played card games at times. It was this really lovely energy, actually. And it was a very different energy for me personally. And maybe this is about finding your people as well, finding your different types or whatever it is. But I didn't feel the need to be trying as hard or indeed to be changing numbers on phones i practice what a i foreswore at least a year or two ago and for the past decade the only thing i would do is occasionally change my name to the lord in people's phones yeah, and then text them and good. say repent yeah <laughs> i mean that's nice it's victimless victimless crime unless somebody's truly just <laughs> murdered someone and they think that yeah. the lord is speaking to them but then you know they did the murder they yeah, should, they should repent. repent they yeah. should you genuinely like it's either a joke or good advice. Yeah, happy to happy for either to be the case. That's very Sammy Joe. You've forsworn. You don't yeah, yeah. go in people's phones, and is it just because oh. the security makes it too security, hard? No, no, no. Yeah, no. 
when I get the chance, I definitely then go and change my name still, but just for a laugh. Like, that's the thing. What I, I'm, I'm very good at lying and deceit with a very limited time. Like, I can tell a really good lie. Like, I convinced someone recently that Bob Dylan was my um, great uncle. Amazing. But, but like, I made them believe it through a series of specific details that made it undeniable. But then 20 seconds later, once I'd got to the belief, I revealed all like a shit magician. So same, if I change my number on your phone, you're going to know within 20 minutes. I would not let it go longer than that. So you're no longer interested in humiliating people. No, I don't want to do that at all. That's bad and cruel. You're just, just a fun little trick. I just want to just... Just tug at the matrix of our fun, little mundane existence. A fun little trick from a fun little prick. <laughs> Did you write that before mm. this podcast and you've just been waiting there <laughs> the whole time? I've just been waiting. No, that was just... Um, <laughs> someone just texted it to my phone, actually. Oh, gosh. Who yeah, could it be? Our Lord and Saviour. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. What, what a joy. What a beautiful story of being an absolute terrible version of yourself and I really appreciate the honesty thank hey you. I appreciate the safe space yes I did ask him off mic who it was and he didn't tell me what a gentleman I'm absolutely furious you can listen to Sammy J's breakfast radio show anywhere in the world on abc.net.au it just might not be breakfast where you are thanks for listening and to everyone who's shared followed and reviewed the show already I'm bloody grateful thank you so much if it's your first time listening I already love you come back for the next one trusted AFLW coach covers their tracks